we got a very very special show today. I got my guy, the the man, the 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 reason why I do this thing. James Rapine live with me today on the Zim Hude podcast. I'm so excited to catch up with him. I can't believe he's actually here. He's been dodging me for like a whole entire year, but guess what? He's here and he's ready to talk sports. And we'll see if he wants to talk Bengals because I know a lot of you guys have been asking me, what is ba- what is James really on these days? So we'll see what he's up to. James, say hi to everybody. Tell everybody what you've been up to currently. What's going on, Zim? Yeah, you, you finally tracked me down and boxed me in the corner and made me come on the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate you having me. Um, yeah, now I'm, I'm in Cleveland. I'm covering the Indians and the Cavaliers for 92.3 The Fan. So it's a bit different this time of year. Usually it's all, all wall-to-wall draft coverage. Right now I'm doing a lot of baseball. But uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm liking the new gig. Uh, but I'm also... As you know, as everyone knows that's followed me over the years, a big, big NFL draft fan. So I'm excited for Thursday, excited for this weekend. I remember, look, look, I remember listening to you like on ESPN, like 980, and it was almost like you were the draft guy because I don't think Mo like really, really like dug into the draft or he bought into it that much. So it was always up to you. And I remember I always used to listen. I'd be like, man, James really likes wide receivers. And you know who else loves wide receivers? Me, Zim. And. <laughs> That was like my thing, and everybody thought I was insane because I just be like, man, let me get a wide receiver, let me get a wide receiver, because part of my fandom and a lot of people's fandom is off of Chad Ochocinco for the most part for a lot of like Bengals fans around our age group because we're really really close in age I think so. Yeah. So Ochocinco is like. I don't know if that's something in the back of our heads. It's like, hey, if you get you a real productive wide receiver and he's flamboyant and he's got charisma, then we can at least have fun even if we take some L's. But I think throughout the years, we kind of formulated some different plans where we were taking stress off of A.J. Green. We were absolutely making sure that the defense is honest and it all kind of predicated on having a wide receiver. What is your main thing where I think you've fallen in love with the wide receiver position or is there like something that you think we legitimately le- legitimately needed a wide receiver all these years? I think they needed one. I mean, especially if you look at it, and people are going to hate the, the take I have in about 30 seconds, but I'll, I'll give it to you anyway. But the real the problem with Andy Dalton, and this isn't me knocking him because most quarterbacks are like this, they need everything right. <laughs> they need a, a great coach. They need a great offensive coordinator. They need a solid offensive line. And they need solid weapons around them. And you need to put that around You have a shot to make a run. And we saw that in 
and an unproven first round pick and John Ross at wide receiver. Call me crazy, but wide receiver is suddenly a, a potential need, especially if talks with Green and Boyd haven't gone well. I don't have my finger on the pulse of that, but if they haven't gone well, you look at it, and back in 2015, before the season, that's when the Bengals should have addressed the wide receiver position. And they didn't in that draft until round seven with Mario Alford. And guess what? It's set them back years. They need to think ahead. And uh, that means potentially if they don't get deals done with either Boyd or Green, drafting a wide receiver earlier than most people think this season. Cool, yeah. I agree with what you said. Just um, Mike Brown has come out and absolutely said that they are – you know, currently right now addressing AJ Green's contract currently right now. And the in the homer in me, the fan in me is saying like, yeah, let's do it. But I've seen some scenarios out there. And I mean AJ Green is like currently my favorite player. You know, like AJ Green is like my world. My son is like two years old and he knows AJ Green. You know what I mean? So so it's like the fan in me says that. But then I've seen scenarios like I think CBS even had a scenario last week where you're tra- you're trading with the Jets and you draft up. Say Kyler Murray doesn't go number one in the draft, and then AJ Green uh, gets traded, and we get uh, what's their wide receiver Robbie Anderson or something like that, and then you and then you take their pick, and then they take our number eleven. The fan of me says, "No, I want an AJ Green statue out there." The other part of me is saying, "Like you know, if this is really truly New Day." And like you said, all these different things are on pause. Um, the market has been set for Tyler Boyd because who was that last week that just uh, uh, Shepard, Sterling Shepard. So now the market is now set for Tyler Boyd. They may wait in um, what if I were them, I would probably go six weeks in and try to get a deal like, you know, in season if I was going to resign Tyler Boyd just to just to make sure he stays healthy and he can produce like he did last year. Um, I don't think you're crazy thinking that. A wide receiver is absolutely on the table because in my mind, the new offense, the new team, it's got to be some type of emulation of just some some type of way of emulating the Rams. And with that, you have a lot of slot receivers. So it's a lot of guys that are, that are super, super, super amazing from the slot on in the draft that not necessarily are in the first round. So I think wide receivers like in play. I wouldn't say it's in play at number 11. Um, Zach Taylor has come out, said uh, at the town hall meeting and this past weekend that they are absolutely going to take the best player available. But I just don't see that being a number 11. I've even seen different reports where a wide receiver isn't even going to be taken in the first round, which I think is absolutely insane. Um, but but the, 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 the drop off in talent is not severe like it's been before. So I don't know. Um, I, I did kind of skip over one part. James got me kind of like hooked on to like, you know, podcasts, hooked on to doing all these different things um, with the Bengals. But what, currently, what are you working on right now? Because a lot of people have been asking me different questions because they saw me writing some things for Locked On um, Bengals when you were, you know, uh, spearheading that whole thing. And since things, you know, uh, Joe Go- uh, Goodberry's changed it up and he's now kind of doing the podcast portion of it. Are you not in Cincinnati anymore? Where are you right now? Are you still watching the Bengals as, as closely as you used to? What are you I'm, doing these days? Yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm in Cleveland, uh, so I'm no longer Cincinnati-based. I, uh, I can't I, just covering the, the Indians and Cavaliers. I don't have much time to write and cover. 
cover the Bengals anymore. I certainly keep tabs on them, though. I certainly pay attention. Okay, I was 11 years old, turning 12 the year he was hired in 2003. So the fact that they hired a new coach in Zach Taylor uh, has my interest. I think it has the Bengals fans' interest um, moving forward and just seeing what the future of the franchise is like. So I, I certainly pay attention to the Bengals. Um, as for podcasting, I still podcast. I have a weekly podcast now. It's not every day. It's called the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. So we do Browns, we do Indians, we do Cavaliers. Bengals fans are cringing. Um, <laughs> that's just, that, that's my, my new role. That's the new duty uh, that I have. So it's uh, it's been fun. It, it's certainly different, um, you know, being that I'm from Cincinnati. It's a change, but it also allows me to, and those that have listened to me, uh, and I've got, it was called Hot Takes, you know, I had Hot Takes in Cincinnati, (laughs) I always tried to look at it. Hot Take James. That's right, that's unbiased. I I tried to take my fandom out of it when it came to the Bengals when I was covering them. I tried to take the fandom out of it when I had to talk about the Reds or the Bearcats. Now I can cheer for them. You know, now I can be a fan. Now, uh, you know, instead of because I'm covering them and I have to interview them and I have to look at things uh, from a uh, unbiased standpoint to a degree because I'm going to be writing about them and podcasting about them and talking about them on the radio. Now I can just be a fan again. So it's fun uh, from that aspect. I'm excited for this upcoming season and I'm excited about the draft. I think this draft, it has to shape the Zach Taylor era. Whatever they do in this draft, uh, he's only going to get two or three. You know, he's not going to get 10 years if he doesn't deliver early. Part of the reason why Marvin Lewis got so long is because he delivered early and often. You know, 8-8 eight eight his first year. No one expected that. 11-5 uh, in his third year. Uh, Carson Palmer looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The, the fact that he raised the bar for Bengals football early on gave him such a long leash and gave him a lot of equity. So what Zach Taylor does here uh, in draft number one and year number one is here. So I'm excited to see it. Uh, and I, I certainly... I'm still a Bengals fan. I know people are wondering about that. Uh, there's a John Ross jersey hanging in my closet here in Cleveland. Oh. It, 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 it is signed, and uh, that is not going anywhere regardless. Okay, cool. All right. So <laughs> now that we got that off the table, because the, the other day, just the insight, I'm, I'm texting James, right, and I'm telling him Jarvis Landry. He's like, oh, he's referring to him as Juice. And, and, and the only people that will absolutely <laughs> refer to Jarvis Landry is Juice is a Clevelander because there's no one outside of that and his friends that would even say that. And, and it's so Dolphins fans probably would. Huh. Who fans? Dolphins fans because he, he got all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and Dolphins fans. And, and you know what's so crazy? Like, I, I've seen players call him that and stuff. So it just caught, it took it took me aback to hear James speak on that. So I had to question his fanhood. <laughs> And I still mess with him every day of his life with it. I, I, we're still figuring out his nickname. Are we going to call him James Mayfield? Or is he James uh, James Landry? Like, we got all these different things on the table. But at the very least, we are going to get the inside track. James is almost going to be like the equivalent of, um, uh, what's your guy? <laughs> what's, uh, what's the guy that came from Cleveland? Why, is it, why does his name just escape my head just now? That came to help out Marvin. He was supposed to give us the inside track. And then the Browns... <laughs> And it, yes. So so at the very least, James is gonna give us the inside track 
and we're gonna be or we're gonna and and if we lose, it's gonna be because James is giving us faulty information. And if we win, it's because James is giving us the true like injury report, the the true stuff that we're we're only the inside take. So that that's the part of my evil plan that I have going to is that we're we're also gonna be tracking him for inside information. But you know what's so crazy though? It's a lot of Steeler fans. That I kind of follow on some of my other pages and stuff like that, and I always kind of follow them close because my father told me a long time ago, like you got to keep your enemies close. So I always kind of keep them close because I like different things that I didn't know, like uh, when uh, Bostic, uh, their linebacker, was hurt before, like I think the last game. So it was like it was like different things that I'll get information wise from guys. So so I'm definitely gonna keep my eye on you. I'm not gonna listen to any Cleveland podcast unless I get super super bored. Um. I'm just going to be honest with you. Come on, man. What about <laughs> Indians and Cavaliers? What about Zion? Like, get out of here. Zion, you're hoping. I- I'm gonna tell you this though. My gut is telling me Zion's gonna be with the Suns. I don't know. I don't know why. I just think the ping pong balls are gonna just. I mean, who's it down? It's gonna be Cleveland, the Suns, and what's uh, the third team? Uh, it's Cleveland, Phoenix, um, and then the Knicks. The Knicks have the. In the the Knicks. Same odds. They have the top odds, so they have the worst record. In the I, know, I know the NBA. And there are other teams. The Hawks have a shot. The Wizards have a shot. No, no, no. The, 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 the number one pick is only the three worst teams, though. Is for, uh, no, for, no, no, no. Like, like the Bulls have a 12% shot. The Cavs have a 14% chance. So there are a lot of teams in the mix. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Because, oh, oh. you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a Wizards fan or whatever, and that's how we got John Wall. It's like nobody thought, like, randomly they, they the balls fell in their favor and they got John Wall on you. All right, well, the, dude, the Cavs need Zion. So stop raining on the parade. You know, it doesn't impact you at all if they get Zion. Just, you know, it, just let it happen, okay? It'd be great for me. Don't you root for me a little bit? I do, I do, I do. You, you know what's so crazy too? You will actually catch me there. I'll be there to watch a game if Zion was there, because that's not a that's not a trip that I cannot make. So, and and, and to keep it a hundred percent honest with you, one of my a couple of my friends are really big LeBron fans, and they just travel anywhere he's gone. So anytime that LeBron, like I've gone to like two Cavaliers games every single year, and people follow like my personal page on like Instagram, like I go to a couple LeBron games when he was with the Cavs. So I'm I'm not a stranger to to going to see the Cavs play. So if Zion is there, I'll absolutely be there. The the other thing is I'm an NC State alumni, so I'm I'm supposed to root against Zion. Like we absolutely hate Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> That's another thing that I got going on. I mean, you can root against them, but you know, just root for him to be in Cleveland. All right. I'm okay with being the villain. People that know me know that. I I, you love that. I don't know why you want to be like you got this 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 young. Like I always I text James one day. I said, Hey James, can you send me a picture like when you were like nine years old? I bet you look the exact same. James did not send the picture, but he's like the you know he's the nice guy. He's got his his dog Finn is with him every step of the way. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure he shampoos him probably once a week. You're a good guy. You don't have to go down this evil road. Like you don't have to. You don't have to hit me with these snide texts. All he does is hit me with stuff like, yeah, I bet they'll blow that. I'll bet they'll just ruin that. Like, you know, like, and it's so crazy because you were super, super optimistic as well as realistic um, as, with all of your time with Locked On Bangles and uh, 980. And it's just so sad to see you just go on the other side of this thing and you just want to be like the Thanos of like. <laughs> like like a Bengals fans. First off, it was fifteen thirty. Second off, um, no. I, I here's the thing: is I, I get it. People now, you go from 
one city in Ohio to another, and they happen to be rivals, especially in football, then it's a, you know, it's a big deal, even if I'm not covering the Browns. Uh, that being said, the Browns have done a lot of things that I've said for years that the Bengals should be doing. I, I Last year, I swear to you, I talked about trading for Odell Beckham Jr. On Locked On Bengals and on 1530. I was on board. I was on board. I was with it. I was like, he's available. He's going to be available. Go get him. Pam with AJ Green. If you have to give up John Ross, give up John Ross. You know, I want proven talent. And so the, the Browns do that. What else do they do? They draft Baker Mayfield. They love coming out of the draft. I've been talking about quarterbacks for years. I remember talking about quarterbacks in 2014 with Andy Dalton. And, and he's still here. And I get he's fine, but fine isn't good enough when the roster isn't perfect. And it's hard to get that roster perfect. So uh, the Browns have just done some things that I would do uh, that I, I think that are, that are putting themselves, setting themselves up for success in the immediate future. So you can call me Thanos if you want to, especially <laughs> with the Avengers coming out this weekend. Okay. Um, all I know is, is if I snap my fingers, 50% of the population doesn't disappear. Spoiler alert. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> I'm 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 on the well I was on the Baker Mayfield train like everybody knows I love them to death I'm always on board with a lot of your trades you know I almost started up a petition uh, what's the other wide receiver next to Demarius Thomas that you kept on having on the scenario with the lockdown uh, Bengals Emmanuel Sanders last uh, year was I was I, I was on board hey look I was so on board with Emmanuel Sanders like you would have thought that he played for the Bengals like I swear I was like this is the trade that makes so much sense it makes so much sense but people think I'm crazy. No, no, that that was like that was your best one. That was your best one. I was I was fully on board with that. The Odell one, I was kind of on board. See, the thing about Cincinnati though is that the personalities I kind of match up a lot of different times. I just don't think Odell personality wise, and that sounds a little weird because I'm more like a production type of guy. Like if if the production's there, hey, it'll work. I just don't think it would work there. But see, the new. You know, Baker Mayfield kind of self-promoting itself a little bit and kind of like the attitude and, and matching it up and you mixing that up with Jarvis Landry, his, one of his best friends. It just makes so much sense. It makes way more sense there than it did in Cincinnati. I, I, I totally agree. I, I, I even agree even with even I, I, with Zach Taylor, I find a hard. I, I find it so hard to believe because the front office to this day, as we saw with Bobby Hart. If the money is allocated for a certain position, they do not go off board with who they're playing and who are they, who are they're not playing, and with yeah, them playing, and, and that and that and that shapes my draft board too, because I know that they're paying Bobby Hart starter money, and if Jonah Williams or one of these guys were, that we're about to do in the mock is still there. I'm not going to be looking at that because I'm just always going to be looking at the Bengals roster from a money allocation standpoint, and the Browns a hundred percent. Are not really, really on that board. I mean, ninety percent. Well, here's why, though. Here's why, Zim, and, and here's why the Browns are in a good spot. And this, it, it all ties together. The Browns are spending thirty million plus on Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Very rarely can you spend that much money on two wide receivers. For example, AJ Green and Odell Beckham Jr. I get it, but if the Bengals would have invested in a quarterback on a rookie deal mm-hmm. instead of paying Andy, now he's up to twenty-one, twenty-two million this year. Instead of having to do that, and that's the beauty of drafting the Haskins. That's the beauty of looking at some of these quarterbacks in this year's draft, which the reports are the Bengals are interested. If they go that route, then suddenly next year, once they trade Dalton, they're going to free up $20 million and be able to 
to build around, you know, Haskins. That, that's why last year, if they would have drafted Lamar Jackson, I'd be so bullheaded on this, and I still am. If they would have Lamar Jackson starting year one this year, they would have had so much flexibility to give Zach Taylor pieces and put pieces around Lamar to set him up for success. That, that's the beauty of the rookie deal with these quarterbacks and what they're making. So, you're right, though. I do think Odell Beckham Jr. Cleveland and Cincinnati are a lot alike, and no one in Cincinnati would like to hear that, and no one in Cleveland would like to hear that. But as cities, um, even though I've been here for five months, I, I see a lot of the same uh, same traits, obviously Midwest, Ohio, et cetera. Uh, to me, Baker Mayfield makes it way more attractive for Odell Beckham oh, Jr. Man. than Andy Dalton. That, that is, that's all. I think when Odell saw that, I mean, it, it just matches up. It, it's the same standpoint, like, every year I always – point to different personalities or different players that I'm just like that instantly will send a shockwave through the through this fan base and a lot of negativity even if they lose it would be fun to watch Kyler Murray it would be fun to watch Lamar Jackson so at the end of the day whether you tank you lose uh, you don't win as many games as you want I just think like people need something to cheer about and Andy Blandy Dalton as much as I think he's a great quarterback, him on the Jaguars to me made more sense than Nick Foles. And different different scenarios that I looked at, I'm like, man, Andy Dalton can make them a playoff contender, or say even the Bills before they got um, um, Allen. I always kept on saying, why don't they just go get Andy Dalton, trade that away? I, the Bills would have been all over that. And um, now, there's a I mean, there's a bunch of teams honestly that I think fit, you know, Andy Dalton because teams can use Andy Dalton. You can do worse. And Andy Dalton, no one's denying that. But I think if you're the Bengals, especially the way they're structured, rolling the dice from a a C plus B minus quarterback in hopes of landing an A minus to A quarterback, that's worth it. That's why I only want high potential quarterbacks if the Bengals are going to draft one. Absolutely. And this is and and before we get into the mocks, I do want to talk about like Mike Brown's standpoint on it. He's pretty much come out. I don't know if you've seen this. And I don't want to quote this, but in somewhat said pretty much if Andy Dalton isn't playing 2015 level or he isn't playing to the level that he wants him to be at his highest peak, which is 2015, then he is not signing him to $25, $30 million contract. Mike Brown has come out and said that. And a lot of things that I've told people prior to this, a lot of things that I wrote, even on the Locked On, is that you always have to prepare yourself. People are so, so, Bengals fans are so spoiled by quarterback play actually working out for the franchise that they've only had two quarterbacks in these decades that we're talking about that that actually even that you know what I mean like it's yeah. this they're so spoiled in in that aspect that they just don't buy into this concept when I even wrote and I said hey you should be looking at quarterback every year and you probably could draft one every other year just because they have Tom Brady just because you have Aaron Rodgers just because you have all these guys like I mean I've seen mocks where the Packers are drafting the quarterback I've seen drafts I mean, I've seen mocks where the Eagles are drafting the quarterback. You never stop looking for it because think about it. Jake Fisher was a second-round pick. Like, all these guys that we're coveting and all the fans are saying, hey, I don't want to get this guy up. I don't want to get this pick up. At the end of the day, we've gone through Cedric O'Boyhe. We've gone through misses on other different positions. Quarterback, believe it or not, according to Pro Football Focus and my brain, is absolutely less of a crapshoot than some of the positions that you guys think are super solid. 
it, it, I would agree. I would agree. And, and even even in a backup role, even the even the biggest Andy Dalton enthusiast, you always have to be saying, "Well, Andy Dalton could put me in a position to get to the playoffs. Andy Dalton could do this, and I know Andy Dalton is lit, and I know he's great, right? But at the end of the day, he hurts his thumb, hurts anything else. Who do you have that will continue what he started? No one. So you always have to be looking for some type of insurance package, and then money wise, you have to have leverage. So why not get the leverage this year? Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> the money part is is the part now with the Bengals. I know for a fact they're seriously considering quarterback. I've talked to some people. I, I my thumb isn't as close to the Bengals as it was, but I, I do think that the 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 research into Lamar Jackson was real last year. I hate that they trusted Marvin Lewis to do that aspect of it, and uh, you know Duke Tobin obviously has a huge role in it. And, it's it's one of those things where I just we can agree to disagree there with, with the Bengals and their decision. Um, but I would they, I, I would have loved Lamar with this. I would have loved Lamar with Mixon and Ross coming off the. Oh my God, that would have been a it's, nightmare. It's insane. It's insane that would have been a nightmare for teams. Flaws. I get he has his flaws, but what quarterback, especially at twenty one, he saw the twenty one after he traded back, wouldn't have his flaws. That to me is number one. But that's why you look at Haskins. That's why you look at some of these guys. Is because you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into Andy Dalton. If Andy Dalton plays great the next two years, like let's say he's at an MVP level this year, 2015, he gets the Bengals. Let's say everything goes right, he gets into the AFC title game. Fine, extend him, bring him back. I don't care because you know why? Dwayne Haskins is still going to have value. Not only will he be your backup, but he's going to give give you a shot if Andy were to go down. And if he shows up and plays well then he's going to have value and you can always deal him. Now, I think that's low. I think there will be a new quarterback in a couple of years uh, of the Bengals, uh, and that's why they're doing so much re- research now. I, I just don't see them spending $30 million on Andy. I could be wrong. Uh, but they, they certainly, the their, uh, their due diligence into the quarterback position, I, I believe that that's very real. I mean, I mean, even the scenario that you said, think about Jimmy G. Okay, like all all people really saw was his preseason. They saw a couple games, I think, that where Tom went down or, or, or what I forgot how did you even how did you even get to see Jimmy G? But yeah. the value of of Dwayne Haskins not even putting miles on it and then just ha- and let's say he goes and balls out in preseason, but Andy has a great season. You're now putting yourself in a position for a team that's in playoff contention to call you up and say, "Hey, we're offering the first round pick, uh, 2020 coming up. So then you're doubling up, like on your first round picks coming, like moving forward. If Andy Dalton is what everyone says he is, or you could keep Dwayne Haskins or back up in your back pocket if he's as good as he says he. I mean, you know, as he yeah, as he's you ever can keep Haskins and then trade Dalton and get a second round pick. Exactly, exactly. You know? So I mean, so it's like you gotta getting value. Man, it's it's and for me, it's always that way. Um, all right, so let's get into this. We we. I, that that went a little bit over what I thought it was, but that that was good stuff. Let's get into the mock draft. I, I you gave us a little bit of spoiler on what you're thinking draft wise. I'm currently on FanSpeak. I'm using a, a CBS aggregate um, uh, to go through the mock simulation that we got right here. You guys can't see this at home because this is a Zim Hude podcast. Um, you can also follow me on Zim Hude 
on Instagram. I'm sorry, Zim underscore Hude on Instagram, Zim Hude on Twitter. James, where can they follow you at on Twitter or where else can they check you out to before we go into this mop? Oh, I, Instagram and Twitter at James Rapine. I need to get some, some of my Instagram followers up because Zim is killing me. So give me a little love there on, on, on the gram. <laughs> Uh, and, and yeah, so both that it's James at James Erpine, and then all my work is posted uh, not only on Twitter but on our website at 923thefan.com. Cool. So yeah, everybody check them out on 92Q. Um, all right, so here we go. I got the mop pulled up. We got round one. This is what it is. Um, I could see this maybe not happening, but let's we got Kyle Arizona Cardinals. Now, Damn it, that's who I want. <laughs> that's who we all want this i don't want to stay long on this topic but if kyle murray for some chance doesn't go number one nick bosa quentin williams goes number one that is a scenario where the Bengals absolutely need to give up the, the number 11 pick and a third round pick and maybe a future 2020 to move up and get up to that three spot or or something with the jets i and i'm told i i use this chart I'll show it to you, James. I don't know if you've ever seen it, too. It's been posted well, but it shows the point value based on the 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 picks, and I'm basing my trade offer off of that. But if Kyler Murray didn't go number one, you guys wanted something to cheer about. Y'all want enthusiasm. You want something to hang your hat on and say, hey, this is New Day. Get Kyler Murray. In this scenario, he's not there, but I think if he were not to go number one, Bengals absolutely need to trade the number 11 pick, the third round pick, and another pick coming up um, in the 2020 draft. That's yeah, my I'm opinion. With you. I, I would give this year's one, this year's three. They have three sixes, so I'd give two of the sixes. Give up two of the sixes, yep. And then next year, people are going to hate that I say this. I would consider giving up the one, and here's why. Hell no. I, here's why. If, because you might have to. Um, to, to get up that that far. I mean, if you're moving up nine spots, that's, that's a wrong way. So you might have to give up two ones. But if you do, you're going to be able to deal Dalton for minimum, I think, a two next year. Yeah. Minimum a two. Yeah. And assuming that you want you don't want to play Kyler right away. If you want to play Kyler right away, you can recoup a two during the draft. So to me, it's trading back, let's say, 15 spots in the draft, let's say you go from 15th to maybe 20 spots, 15th overall next year in round one Mm -hmm. to a second round pick, 35th overall. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I I would be willing to mortgage a lot for Kyler Murray, assuming you could do so. That makes sense. Yep. You know what? You sold me. I'm on board. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Like when you say it like that, yep. Andy will have to go. That's the key portion of it, though. All right, yeah. so the num- the number two pick went to uh, San Francisco 49ers, Josh Allen, who has also been um, – uh, Bengals brought him in. Um, James, gave yeah, me, J- James gave me hell about that. He said, what are they doing? And he was evil James that day. All right, number three, <laughs> we got Nick Bosa uh, with the Jets. Absolutely could see that happening. Number four, Quentin Williams with the Oakland Raiders. Number five, this is a little bit of a shocker to me on here, is Montez Sweat. That is not a guy that I have in my top 15. I have him at like 16, I think, on my board. Montez Sweat, um, to, me, to, to me... I think he's he's being considered at 11. And that would crush me. The if, 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 if anyone has any time to just check out Jeffrey Simmons, who Montez Sweat plays with, 
when we talk about the scenarios when I talk about putting somebody next to Geno Atkins, it's always on the strength of getting double teams off of Geno Atkins and letting yep. people eat and letting Geno be Geno. Montez Sweat, 100% is reaping all of the benefits of uh, Jeffrey Simmons. When um, Jeffrey Simmons, if y'all don't know, towards ACO shortly after the season, he's thought to be a late first-round pick. To me, before the season started, it was always Jeffrey Simmons and Ed Oliver thought to be in the top five. So keep that in mind when you talk about Montez Sweat. He he did test very, very, I mean, freak. 4-4, I think. Uh, he ran a 40 or whatever. So absolutely crazy, crazy stuff. But that does work in our favor um, for what most Bengals fans want by Montez Sweat going this early. All right. Number six, we've got the New York Giants selecting Brian Burns. Which is very, very key. Pro football focus is super, super high up on Brian Burns. I am way higher up on Burns. Pro football focus, get this, compares him to Khalil Mack in college. So, uh, that's not crazy to me. For most people, you're thinking Giants need a quarterback. Their GM has come out this past week and said Eli Manning uh, excelled past his expectations. I don't know if it's a smoke screen or what, but they do not seem to be set on um a quarterback that we are thinking they've been linked a lot to daniel jones from duke they have not been linked to haskins as much but then again smoke screens are everywhere number eight devin white so Bengals fans got their heart taken out right there so lions go um devin white number nine greedy williams buffalo bills so that is the one cornerback that everyone's talking about going in the first round. There's been about yeah. two others. I, I hear Byron Murphy from Washington. Um, there are some other corners. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. DeAndre Baker is another one. Usually you don't hear any other names other than those corners in the first round is because there's only two corners that actually ran a 4-4, and everybody after that is 4-5. And in today's NFL, you better be 4-4 or lower because these guys are running 4-3s on, on these daggone – um, on anything <laughs> like there's there's very few wide receivers that aren't running a four four, so you need yeah. to have the speed to match it. Um, so Greedy Williams was number nine to the Buffalo Bills. Number ten, the Denver Broncos select Jonah Williams. So now, with the number eleven pick, Evil James, <laughs> it's like now James Rapine is on the clock. Currently, he's looking at a pick right now. The top available players they have listed in no particular order. Jawan Taylor, the tackle from Florida. Rashawn Gary, Michigan, the the defensive lineman. Tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Linebacker, Devin Bush. Quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. Tackle, Andre Dillard. Yeah. Uh, this is a great spot, honestly. Like, if the draft plays out this way... Oh, my God. It's- yeah, because here's the thing. They have so many options. Damn, they don't love a tackle at 11. Mm-hmm. I think if they're going to take a tackle, and right now two of the, the top tackles are still available... Dave Lapham didn't like a tackle at, at, at 11, so that means yeah, a lot so, to me. So, to me, if let's say they love a tackle, but they don't want to use the 11th pick. 
I could see Washington as you know, I'm just throwing out a potential trade up from mm-hmm. 15, mm-hmm. trading up to 11 spots, get an extra pick, and get the tackle you want if you're the Bengals. That being said, I think this comes down to two spots. How much love for you? If so, you're extremely excited about about adding you know a quarterback that you love uh, succeeding in you know, probably next season, or you go down and what it is. I think the Bengals are extremely, extremely interested in, in a linebacker at the 11th spot. If Bush falls, if White falls, I think that's where they lean. I think that's the favorite. So here, I say they take Devin Bush. What say you? Whoa. Okay. All right. Now, 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 what they would? No, 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 no. What you think they would take versus what you would do? Would you take Devin Bush right there? Especially early on in the draft process, there was a shot he could go first overall, assuming Kyler Murray went the baseball route. If Haskins really does fall to 11, given his one year, but given his college resume, given the measurables, given everything I've heard about him, I don't know how you don't take him at 11. I'm not of the belief that you can continue to pass on quarterbacks that fall to you. This isn't the Bengals giving up a bunch go get him. It's the same thing as the Lamar Jackson thing. If a, a, a potential franchise quarterback with a high ceiling falls to you, and you're the Bengals and you're looking for someone to you know replace Andy Dalton in two years, maybe even as soon as next year, I say you get him. So if they like Haskins as much as I think they could potentially do, I would want them to take Haskins. If they don't believe in him, they shouldn't, just because he's a quarterback. But to me, I think he's a potential franchise guy. I would take Haskins. And and I feel like everybody else is gonna feel like that. I that's that's why in these mocks I see no scenario of him getting to eleven. I think I, I, I feel like Was, I feel like Washington if 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 the board got to like six, seven, and once it gets past the Giants and he didn't go there, I mean, even the Jaguars, I mean, what falls uh, even them, even the Lions, like everybody's not sold on Stafford. I just yeah, I just feel like Washington's gonna make that move. I mean, I me me, and for people that don't know, I live in Washington D.C. Like the background on on Gruden currently right now is this is it. So him being you know like if this is he's on the hot seat. If he doesn't produce, get them to the playoffs or whatever, like he's out of there. So he's going to be pulling out all the stops, and I can't see a scenario of it getting past six and Haskins isn't off the board to the Giants. And they don't come up, or the Dolphins don't come up. I just don't see it. But the, and the other part that makes me so mad about it is I don't see a scenario where the Bengals actually come up either, as much as they should. Yeah, they're probably not going to trade up. So, all right. So I, I think they think Devin Bush, but assuming that they're, they're rough for Haskins is real, I, I would pick Haskins. What say you? Who do you want out of this? I'm taking Haskins all day. I just, I just like the even, even if I totally missed on it. I mean, I, I still got three to four years to develop a guy. I can do a lot of different things. I feel like uh, some of his strong suits are play action passes. This is going to be a heavy, heavy play action system. Um, that's why a lot of things. You, you know, one thing that really stands out to me. I don't know if you ever saw when Marvin Lewis first uh, started off on the NFL Network or whatever. The one comment that always stuck out to me is that. He said he came out flat out and said they got to fix that line. 
the play action, and that's the and that, that really caught me off guard because I didn't I didn't think he would give insight at all to that. So the one thing that's when you're talking play action and everything like that is protection. And one thing that killed the Bengals so much is keeping a tight end in, and you only got two wide outs out there. So with that said, I could see Dwayne Haskins getting drafted there, them fixing the lineup this year and next year, and then somehow getting them in, implemented in there. He's a great system guy for that. I feel like it's going to be super, super, like, uh, that's a great fit. The one thing about Haskins that I do not like is on tape, he fails to pull triggers sometimes. Um, and I, I sit there and I watch uh, Dalton, and I say the same exact thing. There are some quarterbacks later on that don't have the arm strength or don't have the arm angles that I like that I do think would pull triggers. So if you didn't get Haskins, like a Will Greer, it's very the bet to bet on someone going second, third round and absolutely thinking that they're, they're going to be a starter for your team is not that is not a bet that you want to take if you're a betting man. But I will say this: the intangibles, the the passion of Will Greer, the 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 way that he extends plays, he extends plays in college like Patrick Mahomes currently right now. He doesn't have the arm talent of Patrick Mahomes. So from just a pure gunslinger approach. I do like Will Greer later if I didn't get Haskins right here. But for the but for the Zach Taylor offense, Dwayne Haskins is perfect. Yeah, I, I got you. I, I totally agree. Here's the other scenario. Because I, I agree that you need to fix the line for Andy Dalton and whoever else. The other thing I would look into, whether it's trading back with Washington or Miami, I would also be on the phone assuming Kyler Murray does go number one to Arizona on the phone with Arizona because if I can trade, let's say I can trade back from 11 to 15 and add a third round pick, right? If I can do that and still take one of the top tackles, whether it's Taylor, someone like that, right? Dillard, if you can get one of those top tackles Mm -hmm. and then take your second round pick and let's say a sixth round pick and get Josh Rosen, who's only going to make like $1.8 million next year. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden at a tackle, you have the with the 15th pick, you have a quarterback of your future with a second round pick who's already got a year under his belt and I get it, it was ugly at times last year it was literally the worst situation in the league in Arizona for a road. to me, another thing, you mentioned Marvin Lewis on, on NFL Network, he compared him to Carson Palmer, which is really interesting to me mm-hmm. uh, from, from a talent standpoint um, so, if you can do that somehow turn the 11th pick you are hey, you are smart. Second round pick, you know, Rosen, uh, let's say Taylor, and a third round pick. That is how you win. That is the type of move I'm looking for. Uh, I might like that. In fact, I do like that better than just drafting Haskins. I do, I do too. I do too. I, I love you, James. Like this is this is what this is this is how I became like one of your biggest fans. Like I love that. Like you know, like because one of the things that everyone kept on saying is okay. If they do draft Kyler Murray or whatever, like Rosen is not the type of guy that's just going to hand over the keys to the car and it's not going to be comfortable. So they got to move him, whether it be during the draft or directly after the draft. They have to do something to cash out on him. And I absolutely love that. With that being said, in this particular mock, since we don't have the luxury of doing any trades or anything, because I just think it would confuse everybody. I think it boils down to two people. Who do you think the Bengals do in this scenario, Devin Bush or Haskins? I think, given the Bengals' history, given their loyalty to Andy to a degree, I, I think it's Bush. I think both 
All right, so we're going to go Bush. Immediately after that, just to let you know, so Cincinnati Bengals select. Now, mind you, people listening here on the Zim Who Day podcast, me and James both would have probably went Haskins right there. We're just, we're, we're, yeah, or we're, we're trading back and we're leveraging different things so that we can get Rosen, getting, you know, whatever. Um, just so you know, the Bengals went with Devin Bush in this scenario. And remember earlier in the conversation, I said, no matter who you have on your roster, you should always be thinking quarterback at any point. Immediately at the number 12 pick in this draft, we've seen a run. There's a run on quarterbacks. Number 12 went to Dwayne Haskins, the Green Bay Packers. Number 13, the Dolphins went Drew Locke. So, like, it just goes to show. I mean, I, I tell people the sleeper of all of this is the Lions. Everyone's assuming that they would have gone Devin White and stuff. I think Stafford, like, I, I think Lions are going to shock people on draft night. Remember, I told you guys that. All right, so that was that. Just among some other people, Noah Fant went to the Falcons at 14. Uh, Jawan Taylor went to the Panthers 16. I'm trying to go. Caleb McGarry is a guy that I was looking at second round tackle. Um, he went to the Giants at 17. Rashawn Gary, who I absolutely hate, um, and I would pull all of my hair out if he went to the Bengals, went uh, number 19 to the Titans. Your first wide receiver, Marquise Brown, went to the Steelers, which would absolutely be a nightmare because his his uh, comps are absolutely, guess who? Antonio Brown. Um, A.J. Brown went to Seattle Seahawks at 21. Just name some. Dillard went to 23 Texans. Also, Metcalf went to the Ravens. I could absolutely see in that. With an uh, inaccurate quarterback, you need a big, heavy, uh, uh, big catch radius. So, Metcalf going to the Ravens makes sense. Um, all right. Just uh, Dalton Reisner went earlier than what I would have liked. He went to the Chargers at 28, so I was looking at him second round. This, I don't think what happened at all, but TJ Hawkinson went way after Fant. He went 30 to the Packers. So the Packers went and got them a brand-new quarterback, and they got TJ Hawkinson absolutely killing the draft. All right, uh, next round. So Cody Ford went 31 to Rams, 32 to Patriots, got Jerry Tillery. Jerry Tillery has also been linked to the Bengals, too. They did a pre-draft visit, I believe, too. There's a bunch of guys that did some pre, some stuff that isn't listed that did some pre-draft stuff. Um, I also, like I mentioned Dave Laffin earlier, he's uh, him. I think uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Hobson has also mentioned, uh, mentioned Christian Wilkins a lot. If you all don't know that, that's the defensive tackle for, the, um, for Clemson. And he is very much in play. So on the board... The best available that they have currently. They've got Daniel Jones, at quarterback, wide receiver, Andy Isabella. They've got uh, uh, Yandy Kajest. Uh, that's the tackle, I think, for USC. Um, Edge, Zach Allen, Caleb uh, McGarry, uh, Michael Dieter, guard, Chris Lindstrom, wide receiver. Hey, uh, so Pittsburgh gets another wide receiver. Or they're, they're, they, oh, they think they'll get him. Uh, the kill Harry. Okay, so James, I really, really like that, that the, the Rosen idea doing that. So let's assume that we're, let, let that, I know that's a really great idea, but I don't want to go into these trade scenarios. I want to just do it like how we did. So, so first round, we did Devin Bush. So that was our first round pick. Second round, on the board, we got some guys like different linebackers, tackles, everything. We're not going to do the for the sake of time and 
You've been great with your time today or whatever. Let's just go into some things or positions that you'll be looking for after that. If they were to go linebacker, what would you be looking for after that? So if they go linebacker round one, then naturally, assuming they don't do the Rosen deal, which it's silly to assume that, right? Um, Daniel Jones, the quarterback from Duke, certainly quarterback in play. Will Greer, a guy you like, certainly will be considered, I would say. I mean, they're going to do their due diligence on quarterbacks. Uh, even if they don't take one on day two. Um, but to me, tackle is something in rounds two and three you have to address. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that tight end, it might be a little early for tight end, but who knows, maybe one falls, and they just love them, and they have them really high on their board. So I could see that being an option. Defensive tackle, certainly in play. Um, and then honestly, and this sounds crazy, but I think as early as round three, given, we talked about this at the top, I think they could consider wide receiver. It's a deep wide receiver class. There's no high-end guy, but if they have someone on their board in round two, it falls to round three, and I think there's a possibility there. I wouldn't be shocked if they went wide receiver, considering that, that Green and Boyd haven't signed uh, contract extensions. Cool. Yeah, I'm with it too, man. Um, I, I think, yeah, I will go, if I'm going Bush first, there's going to be some guys around. I don't know if you guys got something to write this down with, but I got some guys that I know I think will probably be there. Uh, one is the tackle Matt Sharpen. He played for Northern Illinois. He's really, really high. I I subscribe to um, a Pro Football Edge, so I get like inside stuff that I look at guys that, like who've been starting all this time, different things um, that I look at or whatever. In, in the in in the event that I think that a wide receiver would be in play is someone like a Hakeem Butler. Who has been like his comps kind of match up with AJ Green? I could see him being there. I absolutely will go wide receiver as well. Um, there's a center too, uh, Garrett Bradbury. I think he might still be there around that same time. I would be looking at him around that same point. There, are, there are a bunch of guys that are are there. Cornerback, there's going to be some guys I like too. Um, there's a guy Justin Lane from Michigan State. I think he'll still be there. I'm not 100% sure. Like it, it just would have to be like, what does the board look like? Because this board that I'm looking at currently just doesn't seem super realistic to me, I just wanted to make sure that me and you were just kind of going through what would you like to see from them. Um, some of my guts is just strengthen up the defense, get it solid, uh, see what year one looks like with Dalton. You didn't get but I mean, you didn't get a quarterback there. It's almost pointless to me to go get a quarterback that's probably going to be projected as a, a, a lifetime backup. Um, uh, only thing I could see the Bengals probably doing is going get like a project, somebody like Tyree Jackson. But then again, I mean, they did just sign. Um, what's the kid that's on their practice squad now, too, along with um, what's his name? Oh, God, the quarterback that's there now. What's his name? Uh, yeah, I, I forget. Yeah, but they they signed uh, someone else, so they have they have a couple quarterbacks there. So to draft another one of those just doesn't make any sense to me. Correct. Yeah, especially if look if Haskins fall or falls to eleven, you pass on him. Mm. You know, unless you love Daniel Jones and you you know it's something like that. If you love him, then you probably take him at eleven anyway. So to me, if they don't take a quarterback in round one or two. That then they might, and they've done their due diligence on back end quarterbacks. I could see them taking someone late in the draft, especially three six round picks. But I, I mean, I don't think that they're they're thinking franchise quarterback as much as they're thinking depth. 
Absolutely, man. But yeah, it, it, it's it's a bunch of guys, man. I mean, if, if Will Greer still there, I might be looking at him second round. But like I said, it's it, that's a crazy bet to try to say is he a potential starter because the the arm talent just isn't there. The mental is there. The winning is there. Uh, the starting pedigree is there. It's just some things that I that are a little bit questionable for me. But if people got behind AJ McCarron, they absolutely would get behind someone like a Will Greer when you see him play. Because I mean, he's electric. Um, there, there are some guys too. But from a linebacker position, you went and got the the big gun first round. So there were a, a bunch of guys that I would have took in like the third. Someone like a Pratt um, played for NC State. Um, uh, ben Burkirvin. Is a really, really good linebacker as well that I really like in maybe second, third round. So if they go linebacker first round, it totally changes up my board. But I think we can make it work out uh, working off of Bush because it does solve the biggest hole on the roster. I also tell people to make sure you're looking at uh, who plays defensive tackle on third down currently. Right now you have no pass rush whatsoever. Andrew Billings is, is not a threat on third down. So Geno gets doubled up. If someone like a Oliver were to fall, which you think is impossible, I'm all for that. Um, guys like <laughs> man, crazier things that happened. I mean, when Derwin James was there all the way for the Chargers, was that pick number seventeen or something? I just thought that was insane. But um, I, I, I agree with you. And the Bengals would have drafted him, by the way. They would have drafted him at twenty one if he was there. Man, listen, Derwin James, him and Malik Hooker. Those, I mean, well, we went with Ross, but so Malik Hooker was there, but. Those two guys right there, I had projected like top ten. So like, th- crazier things happen. But um, I always tell Bengals uh, fans, you know, and they're like, "Why are we looking at edge? The depth just isn't there in a lot of these positions." So check that stuff out. We're gonna wrap this bad boy up. This is mock draft 2.0 from me, Zim Hude. James, please tell the people where they can find you again. Um, yeah, I'm on on Twitter at James Rapine. Sorry, P-I-E-N, and on the Instagram, which I know Zim has a lot of Instagram followers. Hey, hook me up, guys. Come on now. <laughs> I need to catch up with Zim. He's laughing me when it comes to Instagram. But, uh, no, but, I, but I'm a complete loser on Twitter, so it it, it, it balances itself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we balance each other out. That's good. That's Absolutely. Great. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to catch my loser account on Twitter, just just go to James Rapine. Maybe he'll post a link or something, and you guys can follow it from there because nobody can find me on Twitter. But um, other than that, man, I'm so glad that you came and checked this out today, man. I'm so glad for your input. I'm so glad for you always helping me out whenever I needed some information, and I really really appreciate you. Love talking with you. This went way longer, but that's a good thing. And I'm so excited about this this draft. And, and I think some good things are going to happen. Whether we win or lose this year, that's to be determined. But I just want people to be excited about Bengals football, honestly. Yeah, I hear you. I'm excited, too. I look forward. Uh, I appreciate you having me. I look forward to Thursday and Friday and obviously Saturday as well. And uh, I'm sure we will be talking plenty during the draft. So be sure to hit me up, all right? All right, man. Have a